0: What am I meant to do? What is my purpose? Do I have a calling in life? How can I answer these questions and make sure that I'm on the right path to happiness and fulfillment? These are all pretty heavy questions and the means to answering these is going to be different for each individual. However, Ikigai is a culturally ingrained Japanese concept that is often used to describe those who have answered these questions for themselves. In this first of a five-part series on career planning, we'll talk about Ikigai as a foundation for building your own career plan based on what's right for you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Progress Over Perfection coaching podcast. My name is Patrick Dedrick, and I'm the founder of Progress Over Perfection Coaching and your host, and I want to thank you so much for listening in. Progress Over Perfection Coaching is a podcast focused on career management and development by offering insight on how to build an intentionally balanced and purpose-filled career. This is technically episode number two of the show, so if you find yourself here wondering what this podcast is all about, I invite you you to take a step back and check out our first episode. That'll fill you in on why I started the podcast and what I hope to teach, and I go over the overarching themes that you'll find in every episode moving forward. If you did listen in, then, well, welcome back. In case you want the notes version of that first episode, or as a a refresher to anyone who did listen in, I'll quickly recap. I believe that you can achieve your career goals and find career success if you have two things, a plan for your career and the determination to focus on that plan. I spent a bit of time in that last episode going into detail about what exactly I mean when I say a plan and I feel that this is such an important topic that I want to make sure that adequate time is spent on focusing on it. So over the course of this and the next four episodes, I'll walk you through how to build the kind of plan I'm referring to so you can apply it to your own career. Now, five episodes might seem like a lot, uh, but I really do feel that getting your plan right and thinking about your plan in the right light is essential to sustain success. This is because this is the map that you'll make for yourself to guide your career. Knowing where you're going or where you want to go is key for you to find that success. Now, that's not to say that you can't find success without a plan. I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard as well, stories of people who have been wildly successful because they were in the right place at the right time. However, I believe wholeheartedly that having a plan will greatly increase your chances of finding career success and satisfaction. If for no other reason than you know what you're looking for and you're putting in effort to achieve it. Again, in case you missed that first episode, I want to reiterate that this plan is not something that I feel should be set in stone, but it should change and evolve over time as your interests, aspirations, perspectives, and circumstances change. This episode will begin the series by talking about the philosophy that first inspired me to think about career maps differently, and I'll go over the principles of Ikigai. Now, if you're not familiar with that term, don't worry, I'll talk plenty about it. With the second and third episodes in this series, I'll break down the four areas of focus of your career map and how to make sure that your plan aligns with where you want your career to go. In part four, I'll talk about the differences between more conventional career maps and how they compare to the kind that I prefer to use. And I'll talk about setting the destination for your plan. Then we'll finish with going into detail about how you can put your career map together and package it in a way so that you can effectively communicate it to others. Again, this might sound like a lot of work for a career map, and to be fair, it really is. Even if you're following along and writing down notes while you listen to this podcast, it will almost certainly take some time investment beyond these episodes to get your career plan in order if you truly want to go through the process I'm describing. But in all honesty, I believe that having a clear idea of where you want your career to go that's aligned with your values and lifestyle is well worth the effort. I invite you to follow along with this process as we progress through the episodes. With that, let's get started and learn about Ikigai. My personal exposure to Ikigai started within the last four years or so, after reading a Forbes article that I'd seen posted on LinkedIn. Ikigai is a Japanese word, roughly translated to mean reason for being. For me, it was a bit strange learning about this idea this way, as my mother's Japanese and both my undergraduate and graduate studies had focused on Japan, both from a cultural and business perspective. Nonetheless, my proclivity for Japanese things quickly drew me to the idea of Ikigai, and I couldn't help but learn more about how I could incorporate it into my own life. In this article, the author detailed how career fulfillment could be attained by applying this distinctly Japanese concept. Somewhat as an aside, this article was tinged with the same kind of cultural spectacle and overgeneralization of an entire ethnicity, that painted Ikigai as a concept that was deeply ingrained in every Japanese person. It almost read as though the author felt that every person in japan had found a profound sense of meaning in their lives and that they all lived along a clear path of fulfillment and purpose and to be fair of all the books and articles i've read about ikigai i've seen the same kind of sentiment to some degree some more flagrantly than others i don't hold it against any particular author or text but i do take some umbrage with the implied homogeneity in reality I don't know that it can be said of any ethnicity or society that they have any aspect of life figured out and packaged into one context bloated word or phrase. However, I do think that as far as putting a name to a concept, it does help to have a term like ikigai to associate with something as multifaceted and complex as a meaningful career. All right, sorry, that was a little bit of a rant. But now that that's out of the way, we can talk more about ikigai and give it some credibility and context. I'll start with Ikigai more generally, and then we'll make our way down to narrow it to the focus that I think about how to p- apply it to a career plan. There are a few different ways that Ikigai can be described, two of which we'll look at here. Uh, the two of which we'll look at here address getting to the same destination we just talked about, of finding your meaning of life. One of the descriptions of Ikigai is based on five pillars. These are five things that author and psychologist Ken Mogi has identified as being crucial to finding your own Ikigai. In his book, Awakening Your Ikigai, How the Japanese Wake Up to Joy and Purpose Every Day, Mogi looks at individuals and professions throughout Japan and history to highlight each of these pillars. According to Mogi, the five pillars of Ikigai are starting small, releasing yourself, harmony and sustainability, the joy of small things, and being in the here and now. This book is written to look at Ikigai as a way to find meaning in your life, but each of these pillars can have very practical applications to looking at Ikigai through a career lens. Starting small can be seen as the application of taking very intentional steps in your career towards the direction you want to head, whether it's learning one new skill or gaining one new piece of experience. Releasing yourself can refer to bucking the expectations of what a job or your job should be and focusing instead on what you want it to be and what you find to be your Ikigai. Harmony and sustainability is probably the most important pillar, as finding and achieving your dream job or ikigai means little if you cannot sustain it, like if you've had to devote 100% of your time and energy to your career at the expense of every other aspect of your life. You have to remember to keep all aspects of your life in balance. The joy of small things can refer to looking to the potentially mundane or commonplace activities that make up a job as a source of meaning and importance. It isn't necessarily about getting the next big job title, but it can be the smaller things, like having a meaningful conversation or helping someone understand something that they were getting hung up on. Finally, being in the here and now can seem somewhat at odds with the idea of building a future-focused plan. But it really refers to the need to make sure that you're, you execute your current role with excellence in order to help set you up for the next role on your map. I don't want to go too much more into the book, and I do suggest that if you're interested in reading more about Ikigai from a cultural context, that you do check it out and read it. It's a pretty quick read and definitely written to be very accessible. Now, this does all sound pretty heavy, and I don't mean to tackle all these questions in this episode, or even the series of five episodes. Nor do I think that there is a one-size-fits-all generic approach to answering all of these questions for yourself. To truly find your own Ikigai, it will likely take years of self-discovery and reflection and could very well change over time as you change. Given that this podcast is focused on career development, I'm going to focus on Ikigai as a contextual starting point for how I think it's best to go about forming your own career plan. That being said, even across these five episodes centered on career plans, I expect that you'll still have questions and it'll take some time to answer those for yourself. My aim is to help provoke these questions and get you to think about your own career through a lens that you might not have otherwise. This is a way of building and working towards a career map that was pivotal for me in my own career. And I wish that I'd been introduced to it sooner. It's my hope that I can bring it, bring to you the same kind of productive shift in thinking that I found. So the way that I've actually found most effective to look at a career map through the lens of ikigai is very similar to what I found in that Forbes article I mentioned and in most graphical representations that appear in other publications, or even just a common Google search. The four dimensions that make up Ikigai are what you're good at, what you love to do, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. You can think of it as kind of a four-circle Venn diagram, with your Ikigai being the job or role that's the overlap or intersection of all four of those dimensions. I'll dive into each one of those in the next couple of episodes, but right now I want to talk about how different points in your career or different roles you can take on can fit into overlapping dimensions of Ikigai and what they might bring to your career or potentially leave you feel lacking. First is passion. It's a combination of what you love and what you're good at. And it's probably the easiest of all the pairings to grasp for me. When I think about passion, the stereotype that comes to mind is the starving artist or someone skilled that loves to accentuate that skill, regardless of whether or not there's an audience for that work or if they can be paid for it. Another way to think of it is that the work might be good for the soul, but doesn't necessarily pay the bills. For your career, these might be jobs that you have the most fun doing, but staying in that kind of job may not be sustainable, as the focus may not be able to financially support you, or may not necessarily progress you along your career plan that you've built for yourself. In that regard, passion can also be seen as something of a trap. And that if you do find your passion, you may find it hard to move on to round out other dimensions of your career plan. Mission is the combination of what you love to do and what the world needs. What comes to mind around these kinds of opportunities is that they may be volunteer work that fill a need with something that you like to do, but like passion may not advance you along your career plan or meet your financial needs. It's probably most pertinent here to point out that not all professional opportunities might require actual paying jobs. For example, volunteer work is a great example of something you can do in addition to your day job that can fall into this mission category. Because mission type roles also don't necessarily mean that the things you're going to do are things that you're good or proficient at, it's also a great chance to try and get exposure to a skill that you might not have otherwise throughout your formal paying career plan. This kind of nonlinear or parallel experience is something that I'll go into in more detail in a later episode. A profession is what most people think of when they think of a job. It's the combination of something that you're good at and what you can be paid for. This usually manifests itself as upward mobility in the same line of work. So the anecdotal pitfall here is that people can feel trapped in a profession because they've worked themselves up to a certain level of seniority. If they were to try and move away from this profession, they may have to take a lower-paying job and in some way, start over. So the trade-off being that they may be sacrificing their career to something that they're good at and that pays well at the expense of something that they actually love to do. It may just be my feed on LinkedIn, but I feel like there are all sorts of stories that pop up that talk about this in a similar situation where high-powered executives reach a certain point in their career where they all of a sudden wake up and realize that they don't love what they do and they make a drastic career shift and they happen to be supported by the earnings from their now abandoned profession. So the final Ikigai Dimension crossover is vocation. It's the combination of what the world needs and what you can be paid for and this may be something that you may not enjoy doing or that you're not particularly good at and i think of these kinds of roles as a kind of duty it may be a role that you need to take simply because you need to support your family or maybe an opportunity that you've been asked to take on unexpectedly an example of this might be a role that you've been put into as a part of a larger organizational shift at your company so personally i see the vocation as kind of the odd one out of these four dimensional intersections as it combines neither something that you enjoy doing or that you're necessarily good at and it's likely a kind of role that you wouldn't intentionally put on a career plan so obviously everyone's circumstances will be different but as a general rule i see these kind of vocational roles as ones that may require considerable reflection on your career plan to see if they may hinder or otherwise alter your plan that you had now Ikigai is meant to be the intersection of all four of these dimensions, and it's probably not realistic to expect that every job you're going to have is going to tick each of these boxes. That being said, as you move throughout your career and as you build your career plan, it's important to recognize what each role does for your plan, and to make sure that each role does something for your plan. That is, after all, the point of having a plan to begin with. Personally, whenever I'm at a point where I'm looking at a next move or assessing a role that someone brings to my attention, I always, at least I do now, put it through this lens. Is this a role that requires skills that I have and that I enjoy? Does it move me to a level of seniority and compensation that pushes me forward on my career plan? What kinds of things might it be missing? Can I get those things that this new role is missing from some other source? Will this new role leave me time to pursue those other sources to make me feel fulfilled and as though I'm progressing my career? There are obviously other factors that come into play that will be different for each person, like your family situation, whether that's a significant other, parents, siblings, kids, or even pets. However, by looking at each new opportunity to see what it adds or takes away from your career plan, you can at least start to measure it against something that you've already put through and, should be, and it should ring true to what you're looking for. And after you've done this kind of analysis, it makes for a very compelling story to tell if, you've, if you end up interviewing for an opportunity. You should be able to clearly articulate why you want the role, what you bring to the table, and what you see it as being able to do for you. I can say that from an interviewer's perspective, this is a huge plus to hear from a candidate, as it means they've actually put serious thought into their career. Alright, so hopefully now you have a pretty good idea of Ikigai and have been able to see how you might incorporate it as a tool for shaping your career map. A useful activity for you now might be to figure out where you currently stand in your own career map, and what kind of dimensions of Ikigai it checks or doesn't. If you still aren't too sure about how to dig into the dimensions of Ikigai for yourself, or to start to label activities or skills, don't worry. Over the next two episodes, I'll go into more detail about how to put into words what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. First, we'll look at the intrinsic or internally derived aspects of what you love to do and what you're good at. For the most part, you can control these things. Then I'll go into detail about the extrinsic or externally derived aspects of what you can be paid for and what the world needs. You really don't have control over these things, so you're somewhat at the mercy of your environment. All right, so if you have any questions or comments about this episode or something I've said resonated with you or if you have starkly different experiences or viewpoints, I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have any ideas for future episodes that you'd like to learn more about, feel free to send me those ideas so I can't promise a future episode on the topic, but I'll do my best. After all, I want to make sure that I cover topics that you want to hear about. You can send your ideas or comments to patrick at prgscoach.com. And with that, I'll sign off with a certain type of perfection can only be realized through a limitless accumulation of the imperfect. Thank you again for listening in, and we'll talk more in our next episode.